You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with your hosts, Tim and Gary. Grab a bowl of Lucky Charms, put on your hammer pants, hammer pants, hammer. slip on your power glove, and relive your childhood with a show dedicated to the love of animation. I am the terror that flaps in the night. Disney. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. And so much more. It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, the podcast that takes you back to your childhood one interview at a time and one cartoon at a time, honestly, because here we are talking about cartoons. Of course, I am your host, Tim Nidell. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Saturday Rewind. And I'm your co-host, Gary. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram also at SMRGary. Sweet. It seems like forever since we've done one of these episodes, Gary. It really does. Although, has it? <laughs> no, I mean, we did the 100th episode last month or a month and a half ago, but that really wasn't a cartoon talk episode, but it kind of was, but kind of wasn't. That's true, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since we've just gone back to basics, though. Yeah, it kind of really has. It's sad. I missed you, Gary. <laughs> I missed you too, buddy. So on today's episode, we wanted to take a look back at one of the greatest cartoon characters and comic book characters of all time. And, of course, I'm talking about Wolverine, a.k.a. Logan. Yes, one of my favorites ever since I was a kid. Yeah, me too. Him and Gambit were kind of tied when uh, the X-Men animated series came out for me. I loved both of them. Still do. They're probably still tied. I agree with you completely. <laughs> so we'll be just... And uh, so we'll go- be talking about a couple of my other... Well, at least one other favorite character of mine a little bit later. Sweet. Looking forward to that. And today's episode, we're going to be discussing the history in the comic books and the cartoon as well of Wolverine. And we'll be talking about one of my favorite episodes of all time of the animated series called Days of Future Past Part 1. And then since we'll be talking about the history of Wolverine, I'm also going to be playing one minute clip of my upcoming interview with a voice actor called Pat Penny, which some of you out there will be like, you know, who is Pat Penny? Why do I want to listen to that? Well, he was the voice of Wolverine in Pride of the X-Men from the late 80s. Yes, with the Australian accent. So stay tuned for that. And stay tuned for the full interview to come out this coming Wednesday. And let me tell you, it's a fun one. Trust me, you're going to tune in for that one. But before we get all into that, I want to remind you guys that I am putting together a fan get-together for Saturday Morning Rewind this coming July during the D23 Expo at Disneyland. So I'm looking at the calendar right now. I'm scheduling the get-together for that Thursday afternoon. It's Thursday, July 13th. I don't know the exact time yet, so stay tuned for that. But I want each and every one of you that can make it to make it. Um, it's going to be at the downtown Disney area, which is free to get into. There's shopping, there's food, there's drinks. We can do all that. And I'm also thinking about taking you guys in to either Disneyland or California Adventure if you guys can afford it, because I definitely can't afford to take all of you guys in there. But I'll have a ticket to get in, so if you guys want to join me for an hour or so in the park, please do so. It's going to be a great time. I'm going to have free Saturday morning rerun merch to give you guys that you can only get at the get-together. So I really hope you guys can make it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I wish Gary could make it, too. I know. I it's uh, Okay, so... I'm still working to figure out all the details on this, but that same weekend in Raleigh, North Carolina, there's going to be a sister convention starting in my state called the Raleigh Supercon. 
And uh, it's a sister convention to the Florida Supercon, which has been wildly popular in years past. And uh, if there's enough interest, I might try to have a little East Coast gathering uh, that same weekend. So if you can't make it to California and you are nearby to me, perhaps we can work something out that way. But I, I, I will be at D23 in spirit. <laughs> we, should do, uh, <laughs> we should do an East Coast versus West Coast thing. How many people are going to make it to yours? How many people make it to mine? <laughs> Based on my past experiences <laughs> with my state, you're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be seriously super cool if you could make either one of those. I'd be so great. And please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram because I'll be posting the full details very, very soon, probably within a week or so. And if you guys can't make the get-together, please, if you go to the convention, try to find me because I'll have the free merch with me at the convention as well so I can give it to you there too. So that'd be great to meet you guys. And also, I have a lot of really, really cool interviews coming up for the podcast. So on my list, I have Adrian Barbeau. Yes, the Adrian Barbeau from movies and TV and everything. She was in The Fog, Escape from New York, Swamp Thing, and that kind of stuff. Chatted with her not too long ago, and uh, she was the voice of Catwoman on Batman the Animated Series, and it's a really, really good interview. Can't wait to get that one out there. And coming May the 4th, Star Wars-themed interview coming up, got Mark Dodson. He was on Star Wars Return of the Jedi, and he was also voices on Gremlins 1 and 2. That is a really, really good interview. And then, of course, coming up in a couple of days, I have Pat Penny, who was uh, the voice of Wolverine from Pride of the X-Men. But he was also the voice of Mighty Mouse in the 80s. Um, he was also mainframe on G.I. Joe. Uh, he was Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, the TV show. Not the movie, but the TV show. Um, oh, and a cool one is he was actually Painty the Pirate on SpongeBob, the pirate who opens up every single episode ever since the late 90s with the theme song. He's got great stories to tell. It's a really fun one to listen to. Got one coming up with Marilyn Lightstone. She was a voice of Crasher from GoBots. That's a really cool one. And I have a really awesome interview coming up this week that I'm going to be doing that I'm not announcing quite yet. So stay tuned for that as well. Yes, I know I know who it is, and it is a very, very cool interview. I, I can't wait to hear it. And I can't wait to hear the rest of these. I mean, never a dull moment, right? That's right. Yeah, this interview coming this week, man. I, I so want to announce it right now, but <laughs> I'm not going to. It's 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 a cool one. It's a really cool one. It's kind of out of the box, which I've been kind of going that way lately, trying to get more of the rare out of the box interviews. But mm-hmm. man, I, I'm I'm geeking out over this one. <laughs> I'm geeking out for you. <laughs> <laughs> We've teased our listeners enough. Let's know, let's talk about something we can say out loud. <laughs> so, Gary, what's up with you, man? Uh, not too much. Just uh, getting over the post-winter blues, trying to uh, get my creative spark back, get my groove back. It's you know? hard. In the wintertime, it really is hard to keep that spark. I know exactly it, what you mean. Yeah, I have been so out of it these past few weeks, and I guess that's probably why it feels like it's been so long since we've recorded. Yeah. It's just... At least here in North Carolina, it's been weird weather patterns left. And it has right, been here but... too. Right now, it's probably forty degrees, which I can I consider that warm. Most people probably wouldn't, but I consider it warm. I'm in Montana, um, <laughs> but just like three days ago, it was like almost seventy. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on. But, anyways, uh, all that aside, I'm just I'm excited to be talking about some cartoons. 
You are listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim and Gary. Hey, this is Elf. You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Ah! Oh, Alf. I, forget. I mean, it's kind of weird because I just released that interview not too long ago, but I totally forgot about it. My Alf interview is such a good interview. <laughs> yes, it was. That was quite fun to uh, listen to. Yeah. Anyways, we are not talking about Alf on this episode, which I wouldn't mind doing later on on the podcast. <laughs> but today we are talking all about Wolverine. And uh, I believe, Gary, you have a little bit of history about Wolverine. I do. Yeah, yeah. He is uh, he is kind of the anti-Alf, if you will. Uh... <laughs> he doesn't eat cats. <laughs> yes. The... Well, we... <laughs> um. So, back in the early 70s, uh, Marvel editor-in-chief Roy Thomas asked writer Lynn Wine, or Ween, I'm not sure how you say his last name, so I'm sorry, Lynn, if I said it wrong, to devise a character specifically named Wolverine. Uh, Roy Thomas wanted a character who, number one, was Canadian, and number two was of small stature, but with a Wolverine's fierce temper. And I'd say they succeeded in that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so they brought in John Romita. There's a lot of hard names to say, so I'm mostly <laughs> going to leave them out. But for for uh, posterity's sake, John Romita Sr. designed the first Wolverine costume, and he believes that he introduced the retractable claws. Mm. Uh, he made the statement, when I make a design, I want it to be practical and functional. I thought, if a man has claws like that, how does he scratch his nose or tie his shoelaces? <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, I mean, of course, if you know anything about Wolverine, besides having claws and, and being Canadian, he uh, is a mutant who possesses animal keen senses and enhanced physical capabilities. But he also has, and this has always been one of my favorite things, this powerful regenerative ability, which they call the healing factor, because powerful regenerative ability is a tongue twister. Yeah. And uh, the healing factor allows him to take a lot of damage and recover uh, rather quickly from it. So we've talked about who created him, but where did he first appear? Incredible I, I Hulk. That's right. I remember learning that a while ago, and I thought, man, that's kind of weird that he would appear with Hulk, because just being someone who knows only so much about Marvel, I'd never really thought of Hulk and Wolverine as being a team, or actually adversaries or whatever have you. Yeah. Uh, I, I have not read those issues, so I can't tell you for sure whether they were partners or not. Oh, they were fighting. Um, it was a fight scene. That's what I was thinking based on the comic book yeah. art. <laughs> um, but uh, so this happened in Incredible Hulk number 180, which had the cover date of October of 1974. So in between October and November, issue 180 and 181, Wolverine started appearing in a bunch of different advertisements for various Marvel publications. Uh, and then he made his first official appearance where he was in the book uh, widespread in Incredible Hulk number 181. They did reveal very little about his character in that story arc. It was just mostly that he was a superhuman agent from the Canadian government. And uh, he did appear very briefly in the finale to the Incredible Hulk number 182, which wrapped up that storyline. Mm -hmm. So then he was he was uh, gone for a little while, and he appeared shortly thereafter in Giant Size X-Men number one. And in that one, he's recruited for a new squad. Gil Kane illustrated the cover artwork, but incorrectly drew Wolverine's mask with larger headpieces. 
And Dave Cockrum liked the accident so much because it looked kind of like Batman. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he incorporated it into his own artwork for the actual story. And uh, Cockrum was also the first artist to draw Wolverine without a mask and, you know, that distinctive hairstyle. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of people would actually think about Wolverine having the same exact hair like shape as his mask. You know what I mean? I know. I know. I always thought that was so funny. And I kind of wondered like when I was younger, did anyone ever go to the hairstylist and say, give me the Logan? I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, that hair is very distinctive. It's like, uh, I'm trying to think of a character with distinctive hair. So never mind. Uh, Johnny Bravo. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. Johnny Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> he is the Johnny Bravo of Marvel. Um, <laughs> So, a revival of X-Men followed, beginning with X-Men number 94 in August of 1975. And starting with that series, Wolverine became a more predominant character, although he is initially overshadowed by the other characters. Uh, but, you know, he's he does kind of create some tension in the team by being attracted to Cyclops' girlfriend, yeah. Jean Grey. Oh. And, uh, you know, that that's a long-standing point, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that I was surprised doing some research to learn was that Wolverine was almost removed from the series because a couple of his creators, I believe, didn't really uh, – they wanted to focus more on Nightcrawler than Wolverine. Hmm. So, But at the insistence of John Byrne, uh, who I believe was an illustrator, he, he insisted that they leave the character in. Uh, his reasoning was because he himself was a Canadian, and hmm. he didn't think it was very fair to remove a Canadian team member from the team. <laughs> From that point on, Wolverine's popularity just grew and grew in the early 80s, and he got his own solo four-issue series, and then followed that up with a six-issue Kitty Pride and Wolverine series. And then in 1988, Marvel launched Wolverine's long-running solo series that ran for 189 issues. Um, during the 1990s, it was revealed that Wolvie did have bone claws after his adamantium was ripped out by Magneto, which has since become a common backstory for the character. And, you know, over time, he's quickly become one of the most iconic characters in cartoon or comics or otherwise. And he's still regularly featured in the X-Men comics, as well as being one of the lead protagonists in the X-Men 92 series, and has also appeared as a regular character throughout both the 2010 to 2013 Avengers and New Avengers series that ran simultaneously. So he's all over the place, and I'm pretty sure I left off like at least 60 different comic series that he was involved (laughs) with. (laughs) X-Men versus Archie, something like that, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's Punisher. Although I could could see Wolverine showing up. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Okay, so in the cartoon world for Wolverine, he first really appeared in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, where he was voiced by our friend of the show, Neil Ross, a.k.a. Shipwreck from G.I. Joe. Now, I do remember seeing an episode or two where he was in that cartoon, but I don't think he's really a prominent character, if I remember correctly. He didn't really have that many lines, and he wasn't in that many episodes. I remember seeing one... um one episode with him at least. And it was on one of those VHS tapes. I'm pretty sure. Ah, Cause yeah. that's where I saw most of them when I was younger. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember him having a big part in it. Yeah. I think he's only in a handful of episodes, maybe just like one or two, maybe three, who knows? So years later, without being used at all, Wolverine was actually finally featured in the uh, 1989 pride of the X-Men. It was a pilot episode that was meant to hit, you know, TV and all, but 
never succeeded. Marvel was actually going through bankruptcy at the time, which is kind of really hard to imagine that nowadays. Yeah. But having some hard times, so they had to cut a lot of shows, and Pride of the X-Men is one of them. And in this cartoon, Pat Penny, the interview I'm about to play, voiced Wolverine. But the weird thing is, Wolverine had an Australian accent, which has always bugged me, and it's always a huge hot topic online. I know that between a lot of fans. So although, honestly, Australian accents is my top favorite accent of all time. I love it to death. And uh, I'm not saying that only because one of my favorite uh, listeners of the podcast is Australian. Hey, Shannon, how you doing? (laughs) (laughs) But um, it really is. I love the Australian accent, and it was just always super weird to see and hear Wolverine as an Australian because, as you said, Gary, he's not. He's Canadian. Oh, come on. He's Canadian-Australian. That's that's a thing. <laughs> so here is just a minute of my upcoming interview with Pat Penny, where he's talking about voicing Wolverine and Pride of the X-Men. We were doing the um, pilot for X-Men. Yes. It was called the Pride of the X-Men. And I was the, ah, here, this is really bizarre. Um, I, I was uh, cast as the Wolverine. Now, when I went in to do the audition... They told me he was Australian. I, nobody, they said, he's, I said, okay. So I updated the Aussie. I, I got the part. I, we go to the, the, the record session. I'm sitting right next to Stan Lee. Wow. I'm doing my Aussie. The director, the producers, the writers, everyone's there. Nobody says diddly. So, you know, and by then, by the time they included Wolverine in the Marvel uh, magazines, I, I wasn't reading them. Because when I was a kid, I, I read all of them. X-Men, Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, etc. They, they were the, DC was crap. Mm-hmm. This was good mm-hmm. stuff. So I didn't know the Wolverine. I didn't know the character. I didn't know who he was or what he was. And, and obviously, neither did Stan or Kirby or, or, or who else was there. So that is just a small sneak peek of my upcoming interview that's going to be releasing this coming Wednesday. So really stay tuned for that. Like I said, amazing, amazing stories this man tells. So really, you got to listen to this episode. That's that's fascinating that it was actually Marvel who told him to do the voices. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I yeah. heard I heard a rumor, it's online and everything, that at that time, the Australian accent was really popular because of the Crocodile Dundee movies. Huh. And so they wanted to make him Australian. But in my mind, I'm thinking, why not just create a new character? You know what I mean? Right. Right. You call that an adamantium blade. <laughs> you call that claws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's, that's weird. But it, it's cool hearing from someone who is actually, you know, we have a definite answer. Yeah. So long as he's yeah. not just like covering his butt. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he's like, I'm just going to give him a brand new accent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So after Pat and after Pride of the X-Men didn't get picked up, we had a handful of other voice actors taking over the, the, the realm as Wolverine. Steve Bloom, Brian Drummond, uh, Scott McNeil from uh, X-Men Evolution, and even Kevin Michael Richardson, when I didn't even know he did it, he actually really? voiced him in the Black Panther, uh, I guess, animated movie from 2010, which I've never seen, but I really would be interested to hear what Kevin would sound like as Wolverine, though. Yeah, I mean, he put in a good performance as the Joker, so yeah, yeah. I believe he can do it. It's just, uh, wow, that's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, but in my eyes, nobody will ever top 
Cal Dodd from the 90s X-Men animated series. I completely agree with you. Yeah, Cal Dodd is is kind of the voice that I hear in my head whenever I think of Wolverine. I mean, if if you listen to my interview with Cal Dodd that I released last month, which I highly, highly recommend, it's my top five favorite interviews of all time that I've done. He even goes to explain that the X-Men that you see in the movies today is all influenced by the 90s animated series, including Wolverine's voice. Oh, I can see that, yeah. They Although said, knowing that Hugh Jackman is Australian, you'd think maybe know, he'd be influenced by Pat Penny. <laughs> <laughs> but they said that Brian Singer didn't really know anything about X-Men, so they showed him all the X-Men animated series cartoon episodes. And so we got caught up on the X-Men by watching the animated series, and he had Hugh Jackman kind of mimic Cal Dodd's voice. Huh. Well, that's, that's, that's interesting in, in two different ways, because like now we know... Why, uh, what is it, Fox's version of Marvel hasn't been as successful because they bring people on who don't know anything about the source material. That is so true. That is, but if you think about it, the first two X-Men movies are, are incredible, I think. I like them a lot, I think yeah. it's also because of that reason that they use the animated series as a reference, you know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. very similar yeah, they're, to animated series episodes. Yeah, they're fun, too. I mean, they're, they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Guys, Freakazoid here. Don't freak out, but Saturday Morning Rewind will be right back. After a quick word from their sponsor. Oh, and don't forget to fly over to their site at SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell is an independent podcast ran solely off of generous donations by listeners just like you. A lot goes into running a podcast, so if you want to continue hearing SMR and would like to get involved, please visit SaturdayMorningRewind.com and check out their Patreon campaign. With a small monthly donation, you'll get the opportunity to get involved and even hear your name on the show. Here's Tim to tell you more about it. Hey guys, what's up? Tim here. I want to give a quick shout out to our Patreons for this month. So thank you so much, Jared Tolbert. And so if you want to hear your name here, or if you want to help out in any other way, check out our Patreon page by going to our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com, and click on the Patreon tab. Donations start at only $2. On behalf of all of us, we thank you, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Well, back to the show. Guys! Oh, guys! Guys Aroni! Tim! Gary! Guys! Thank you, Freakazoid. Yes. So, as I said in the beginning of the episode, we wanted to sit here and talk about one of my favorite. X-Men animated series episodes of all time. And of course, I'm talking about Days of Future Past Part 1. So we're going all the way back to Season 1, Episode 11. It first aired on March 13th, 1993. And Gary, you're like five years old. I don't... How old were you? <laughs> uh, Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> five or six. Okay. I was, I was 13, and I was 
like I said before on this podcast, I was obsessed with this cartoon. I used, to, I used to record every single episode in order, take out all the commercials, and as soon as the episodes were done for that Saturday morning, my dad would drive me to the local comic book shop in Reno, Nevada, and we'd pick up the X-Men Adventures comic book that goes along with the episode. Ah, oh, man. Uh, well, I, I was, as you said, five or six, and I loved this show just as much as you did, so that's a great... A glowing recommendation of all ages. But oh, for sure. I loved the the comic book for this too, and the Batman Adventures book. Anything with adventures in the title, <laughs> I was a big fan of. <laughs> I never read the Batman ones. Did they go along with the animated series? Yeah, yeah, huh. pretty much. That's interesting. I got to check those out. I never knew that. They have just started rebranding or putting them out in trade paperback. So now's wow. a good chance to get involved. Sweet. Okay, so Days of Future Past Part 1. Before we get into it, I think we need to play the X-Men intro. What do you think, Gary? I'm all for it. It always sets everything up. I need to make this in my my workout playlist, honestly. (laughs) So here is that theme song that always pumped you up. I mean, seriously, that it's amazing. I'm going to keep yeah, playing how, it. How can you not want to just move when you listen to this? <laughs> okay, I want to keep playing it more, but I just can't. We got to keep going with the episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so it starts off in New York City. The year is 2055. And Wolverine is much older. He's got the grayer hair, you know, kind of scruffier looking. And uh, he's being taken in by a tracker named Bishop. And this is the first time they introduced Bishop in the animated series. And from the first second, I was hooked on him. I thought he was a cool looking character, a very cool voice. And I love like the the country like music background they'd always play for his theme song. (laughs) <laughs> I know. Well, let's let's flash back to the top of the podcast whenever I said my third favorite character. It's Bishop. Oh, sweet. There you go. I was wondering <laughs> who that was going to be. Yeah, I yep. love Bishop. I love him to death. And uh, I was never a huge X-Men comic book fan prior to the animated series. It was the animated series that got me hooked on it. Uh-huh. And so I was not familiar with Bishop whatsoever from the comic books. Yeah, his, I mean, I don't, I can't say that I'm too deeply involved in the comic books either. And I know that his stories get really deep. Uh, But just in terms of design, and my cousin had his action figure from the cartoon series. Yeah, so did I. And I I always wanted that figure from him. And he still has it because he won't share with me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I always liked the figure and just the design of the character. Yeah. Here is some audio when Bishop takes in Wolverine and captures Wolverine. You heal up pretty fast for an old guy. Thanks a lot. Hey, don't I know you from somewhere? Good try, Revel. But you're heading to a mutant termination center. And the sentinels there don't care who you know. Why can't you, Revel, stop attacking those bucket heads? All it gets you is termination. Wake up, rookie. The sentinels want to kill all mutants. Just you rebels, old man. They treat the rest of us just fine. Dude, hearing those two voices together and that music, it's like listening to a Western. 
It's very true, yeah. <laughs> well, it makes sense because if you go back to my Cowdowd interview, he mentions how Clint Eastwood was like the number one inspiration for The Voice. Oh, well, yeah, that does make sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> So just a few seconds later, they reach the, the prison camp where Bishop has taken Wolverine. And I guess the Sentinels have a change of heart on Bishop, and they take him in as well because he's no longer needed as a tracker. So now they're taking in Bishop and Wolverine. And the cool thing is, during the walk here, when they're you know being taken away to the prison camp, you see a lot of tombstones to the corner there. And you see Cyclops, where it says he passed away in 2032. You see Rogue passed away in 2033, Storm in 2021, and then Jubilee at 2010, which is kind of great because, you know, who likes Jubilee, honestly? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. My wife my wife despises Jubilee, and uh, every <laughs> we went to a convention recently, and some girl was dressed as, as Jubilee, and I was just, I was like, are you going to get a picture with her? Are you going to do this? <laughs> Just pestering her. She did not like it. Yep. So she was the first person to die. It's kind of, it kind of shows you that fireworks aren't a very good weapon. <laughs> it's true. And hey, that was seven years ago, and nobody's crying about it. So. <laughs> now the cool thing is, I, I guess the creators of the comic book, as of recent, were fans of the '90s animated series because in 2010 itself, they released a comic book where Jubilee actually does die. So I guess they really? actually, you know, fulfilled the fantasy of many Jubilee haters and killed her off. And she became a vampire or something like that. Oh, no. Oh, like the zombie storyline? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all. <laughs> wow, that's funny. <laughs> but then, of course, Wolverine and Bishop both attack the Sentinels that are taking them in, and they both escape. And they make their way to Forge, another really cool character that I wish they would have used a little bit more in the animated series. He does make a return, doesn't he? I don't remember 100 percent, but i think he does come back right i think so i i know that my cousin had an action figure for him too yeah yeah i saw that i used uh, to want that one too yeah but i don't i don't know if he appeared or anymore or not yeah it's it's a good question i think he does i just don't remember 100 percent. yeah <laughs> so anyways as they're um running away from the sentinels a new sentinel makes his way to the episode named nimrod which i always thought that was a cool name nimrod yeah it's a uh He's a he's a Green Day album, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention them on the podcast. Come on, man. You know it sorry, on a Green sorry. Day. <laughs> Anyways, so this is the part of the story when you kind of realize what they need to do, what happened to the whole world, and everything like that. So Bishop sees that they're making a time portal, or they pretty much are done with a time portal, to take them back to the 90s to stop an assassination that happened in the 90s that created this whole crazy future to make it make it so that all the x-men are dead that all the sentinels are you know taking in all the x-men all the mutants and everything and uh, i have audio of that as well we rebels have a theory if the assassination of the 90s never occurred then none of this misery would have happened none of the sentinels none of the camps none of the terminations as stated it is only a theory Make sure he takes it out after I go. I don't want anyone or anything following me. But how are you planning to get back? I'm not. Save some egg-sucking big shot, and suddenly everybody loves each other? Yeah, right. You got any better ideas? We're listening. You figured out a way to stop that assassination? Yeah, by stopping the assassin. But that means you're going after... I know who I'm going after. 
really think you'll be able to pull the trigger out of my way. And of course they tease who the killer is, who the assassin is, because we never know until the very end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So they, they realize, you know, Bishop goes through the portal. He uh, kind of has a lot of amnesia because of the portal and everything. So he doesn't remember who he's got to kill. He just kind of realizes it's an X-Men. That's all he knows. It's an X-Men. So he goes to Xavier's, you know, School for the Gifted and uh, pretty much tries to kill the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never a good idea. But, I mean, you know, he doesn't do so bad. <laughs> no, he does pretty well for himself. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, fast forward a little ways through the episode, and uh, Bishop is sitting around with the X-Men, you know, chilling, relaxing, drinking some coffee. Maybe not. Who knows? But um, <laughs> they're all trying to figure out who the assassin could be. And uh, here is the conclusion of Days of Future Past Part 1. Then I want you to tell me one thing. Which one of us is the assassin? I don't remember. It could be any of you. It couldn't be Jean. Of course it could. I've had my dark days. Or have you forgotten? But Jean... It could be any one of us. We all have dark sides to our souls. Speak for yourself, lady. The only person I'm interested in taking out is our man Bishop here. If he's lying to us. My, my. Don't y'all look serious. And we've got company, too. What's up? Everyone can relax. Gambit has returned. You! You're the reason I've come back! Mona me, there's been maybe a small mistake. Traitor! Your future ends now! You know what I can conclude from that audio, Gary? What's that? As I was listening to it, I was like, dude, Cyclops is so whipped. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it can't be Jean, okay? It's not. It's not Jean. <laughs> she couldn't do it. She's a perfect <laughs> specimen. Yeah, no, I, Cyclops has always been one of my least favorite characters. <laughs> oh, I've, I, you know, it's weird. I've always still loved him, but I knew even as a teenager that, man, he's he's a nerd. <laughs> Well, like, uh, James Marsden's take on him didn't really help things. No, just it the didn't. Gene! <laughs> Scott! Gene! Like, that's kind of the whole uh, third movie, if I recall. <laughs> yes, yes. Please don't bring up the third movie either. No Green Day references and no X-Men 3, okay? <laughs> All right. It's cool because if you go back to my um, Chris Potter interview who voiced Gambit, you'll hear that he actually auditioned for the role of Cyclops in the first movie. So that's really cool to hear. And he was also he also auditioned for Green Day, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! But no, so it's funny because I I watched this episode, um, but I I didn't realize it was so early in the series. Yeah, yeah, only uh, episode eleven. Season yeah, one. Wow, that's yeah. that's crazy. Yep. But I mean, they uh, one thing that I didn't catch a lot as a kid was that they did these previously on X Men. Oh like, yeah, they did it all the time. I loved it. Yeah, I didn't realize until I was older and going back through and watching the show. I'm like, man, this is kind of a ballsy move to make every episode so interconnected with the others. Now, I do remember reading that after season one, they kind of stopped doing that because they were uncertain on the future of the show. Mm, and so okay. they didn't want to leave it 100% open. So they kind of didn't really have a lot of continued um, storylines. Oh, OK. Well, that does make sense. 
which is probably the reason why I, you know it's kind of hard for me to say this i loved season one so much more than the rest of the seasons of the of the show season two is great too and season three i have very vague memories of all the episodes but definitely season one is the highlight of the series yeah i i, I would have to agree based on you know just kind of looking through the episodes here uh it was i mean the show still holds up at least this episode does and it kind of makes me want to just sit down and marathon the whole thing but oh, i have my little four-year-old madison is obsessed and we've seen all season one like four times since my um interviews with wolverine when i was getting prepared to interview him <laughs> nice i think she even wants like a like an x-men birthday party <laughs> very cool which i'm turning into um a cartoon birthday party, which is the same thing I did last year for her because she loves all the retro cartoons that I love. So I kind of just made a mixed match of uh, just old 70s, 80s, 90s cartoon characters and had a big birthday party with that. So this right year, on. since she's starting kindergarten, just over the past the summer, I got her a retro GoBots a lunchbox. <laughs> and it's really sweet. I got it in the mail yesterday. It's really cool looking, really good condition too. I'm excited for her to open it because she loves GoBots. Nice. Even more than Transformers. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> hey, she's a Kmart kid. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So anyways, that is the end of part one. Of course, it picks off the very next episode, part two. And we'll probably discuss that maybe at some other point. Yeah, that would be fun. And uh, of course, you're going to recognize the storyline because they just made a movie about it just a few years mm-hmm. ago and X-Men Days of Future Past where it's... It's got the same storyline pretty much, except for they take Wolverine does go back in time and fixes the assassination, and it's in the seventies instead of the nineties. Right. So it's definitely different there. But other things are, you know, about the same. Bishop is in the movie, but very, very small part. I don't think he even talks, honestly. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed by that. So was I. Because I was I was really looking forward to seeing some action with Bishop. But yeah. that was our first experience getting to see the um Sentinels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That movie's not my favorite, but I, I like it well enough. It's my third it's... favorite. I haven't seen Logan yet, but it is my third favorite of the X-Men series. Okay. I mean, I I don't know. I I like Apocalypse, even though no one else oh, does. Oh, yeah, I did like that one. I just keep forgetting about it. Yeah, because <laughs> that introduced my favorite female character, and that was Psylocke. Oh, yeah, and um, I love I love the storm in it, too. Yeah. So yeah. much better than Halle Berry. Yeah, that's that's very true. <laughs> she needs to stay away from superhero movies. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> but you know, you know what the biggest difference is between both of these and the comic book. What's that? Do you know who actually goes back in time in the comic book um, storyline? I don't. It's actually Kitty Pride that goes back in time. Really? Yep. Huh. So totally different. Almost the same storyline. She's got to go back and and save the assassination of uh, Senator Kelly. And of course, in the in the movie, it wasn't Senator Kelly, but um, so it's almost the same. But it was Kitty that goes back to her younger self. Hmm. That's that's a neat idea. It is, but I understand one hundred percent why they went with Wolverine in the movie because Kitty Pryde is probably on the bottom of the totem pole on favorite <laughs> characters in the in the movies, at least. She might be lower than uh, Jubilee. <laughs> Pro- I <don't> possibly. <laughs> I like her more, but she, yeah, she might be lower. Um, <laughs> Uh, th- this is just a fun. I-, I love whenever 
things travel back to the time and whence they're being oh, yeah. made like yeah. this or like star trek 4 you know like traveling back to the 80s whenever it's actually being filmed in the 80s and like that sort of just <laughs> there's something semi-sweet about that because i feel like most things try to hide the decade that they're in but when they just go full out yeah this is this is it this is what's happening yeah. i love that yeah so cool so this is related to the character but it's different. Uh, have you ever heard of the character Dark Claw? Um, yes. The, he <laughs> looks just like Wolverine, right? Kind of, sorta. He is. Uh, he. I'm pulling this from Comic Vine. So, um, Dark Claw is from the Amalgam universe and is a combination of both Batman and Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. So after the murder of his parents and the discovery of his mutant abilities. <laughs> oh my god. Logan Wayne becomes Dark Claw, <laughs> the world's greatest detective. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. That's like the coolest comic book character of all time. Yeah, and he is also a founding member of the Justice League of Avengers. <laughs> oh, man. See, I knew of him. I've only seen like pictures, and I remember a friend of mine from uh, high school was like drawing him. I was like, oh, that's a cool Wolverine. He's like, dude, that's not Wolverine. And um, so, yeah, I've, I, don't, I don't know anything about him, but that sounds really cool. I can see... I mean, as long as they own the rights to him still, make a movie about him. That would be super cool. Make it like a Deadpool-style making fun of itself movie, you know? That would be really cool. I, I think that it was kind of a, a crossover between Marvel and DC, so I don't know how uh, it would go I nowadays. See. But but I think that would be a lot of fun. There is uh, There actually is one issue of Dark Claw Adventures that I recommend, because it's based off of the animated Batman series and Wolverine designs. Oh, man, that's so cool. What is it? Uh, it's just called Dark Claw Adventures. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's hard to find, but you might be able to. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Well, thanks for that. I am, I'm excited to know more about him. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good little, I just love the character more than anything. Yeah. So cool. (laughs) And like I said, I can totally see that being like a Deadpool style, you know, humor. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on where you stand, I think they took it seriously, Uh. but because I've never, th- I've never read any of the actual Dark Claw comics, just the One Adventures book. Well, all right, guys. I guess that's about it for this episode. Remember, check out all those interviews that I'm talking about because that Cal Dot interview where he talks about voicing Wolverine, a really cool. It's my top five favorite interviews that I've done, and he's very entertaining, very funny. You're not going to want to miss that episode. Yes, yeah, I had a great time listening to it. He's he's a uh... He's quite a character. <laughs> <laughs> and same with the upcoming Pat Penny, because you're going to love it. Like, he tells some amazing, amazing stories that there's one story he told. I actually had a tear come down as he was telling it because it was I was cracking up. You can't really hear me because I try to restrain myself, but it's a crazy story. I mean, to say <laughs> it, it has to do with Ross, the, you know, the current, you know, owner of the Alvin and Chipmunks. I'm not yeah. going to try to pronounce his last Bagdasarian. Is that it? I think that's it. Okay, yeah. So it has to do with him and uh, something that happened in the Mighty Mouse animated series that Pat was voicing Mighty Mouse in. So uh, that's all I'm going to say. Stay tuned. Just in a couple days, you'll hear the whole interview. Sweet. I am excited. Thanks, guys, so much for tuning in. Please, please leave us a positive iTunes review if you are listening on iTunes. If not, you know, subscribe on there and leave an iTunes review anyways. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All the links are on the website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And we'll see you guys next time. May. What?
May the 4th. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to that Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.